From the heart of Austin, Texas, this is Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It for Roger Craigcroft. I'm Nathan Fernandez. If you want to keep up with the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Tioli512. That's T-I-O-L-I-512. And we just got done watching a super close game between the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks are officially the last team. The I last guess, team right? to, to, to take lose a loss. A game. They they were before this game the only undefeated team in the NBA and now they've taken the loss so saying that eighty two and zero season hope is 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 dead oh, unfortunately it was the Celtics yeah what are you just do? yeah the Celtics are looking good they're getting a, a little better game. yeah Jalen Brown was out but they've made some progress so far um, and it's just been one of the many games in a string of really close games we've had uh, over these first couple weeks and as Spurs fans knew last year all of these games matter so much. You know, when it comes to the end of the season, going to be lots of jostling to to get up the standings. I don't Absolutely. know if that's a word. I'm sorry. Yeah. It well, felt right, though. It did. I I have no problem with that. Tussling? I don't know. A tussle. The end of the season is going to be super close, and all of these games are so important. that yeah, it's... That was absolutely something I was going to try to get at tonight, just that the, the Spurs have started off pretty strong. All you know, all the wins we can pile up at the front end of the season are just really going to help with uh, taking the load off of guys later in the season, being able to control minutes the way that we like to. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Pop hasn't been able to do that the last couple of years, so right. it'll, be, it'll be hopefully good to, to see that happen again this year. Um, the Spurs had a had a cruise uh, of a victory last night against lowly Phoenix Suns. They didn't have Devin Booker, but the Spurs won by thirty. Yeah, they were um, hobbled. It was it was good to get a win that was was more than five points yeah. margin of victory. Yeah, and it was just nice to win a game we're supposed to win and just convincingly look like the better team. And so convincingly that our stars get to rest for a while. I don't think Demar Lamarcus played much of the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, that was a national TV game. I'm not sure why they ever put the Suns on national TV, but um, the Spurs ha- have had really close games all the way through. Though um, we've had those two uh, OT games so far, we had that one in LA, um, which of course was one of LeBron's first home games, so it was highly publicized. And then, yeah, like uh, what, 285 points scored yeah, or something? Final Crazy. score was 143, 142. Uh, we also had a close OT win versus those pesky Mavs the other day with Luka Doncic. Um, he you looks know, so good. He looks so good. <laughs> I, wow. And he's just a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, people have been saying that he's like, you know, he's still got some baby fat on him, that he's he hasn't gotten to his full NBA body yet, yeah, which is kind of scary to think about. <laughs> for sure. But he still moves pretty no, well. No, he still moves very well. He just has a nose for the ball. He's always in the right spot for right. like grabbing rebounds and stuff like that. And one thing I always heard um, Dan Patrick say is, you know, a lot of the times when we look at these recruits and these prospects, we're always talking about their first step and how quick their first step is. But with someone like Luka Doncic, it seems like it's his last step that is like really separates him from the rest because he'll he'll drive in and he'll be able to just take some off balance shot (laughs) a floater off the backboard or or pull up or dish it out so he just has it all he looks like a grizzled veteran already uh we were up in that game by like 15 but he just orchestrated a great comeback and 
if he had the ball down the stretch, honestly, I think they probably could have pulled that one out. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, do you think uh, Dennis Smith took too many looks? I I did think so. Towards the end, I think it got very predictable to the point where Pop was just like, you know, don't let him get an easy shot because yeah. it just seemed like we Cover knew already one it was going to go to him. Yeah, I feel like if Luca got the ability to actually like create and read at the end of the overtime but i'm sure that dynamic will change for the Mavs. yeah I mean, rick carlisle's a great coach and yeah they'll figure themselves out he's got an exciting season for him to to try to divulge all that uh the spurs also had um two not close games uh where we lost to portland that was the second game of the year um and then we also lost to indiana who looked super good last yeah. week those are two great teams so yeah. i don't feel bad about those me either they were kind of convincing losses though. they were they were wasn't it's easy um, those close games that we're talking about it's easy film practice this. for pop you know to, yeah. to really show yeah good teaching and then the material. next game we you know we were down against la and almost the whole game we came back and beat them so you know we've been down in most every game so far except against phoenix and i think our guys have had a great tenacity to come back and even though we've been down double digits at times you know for the first time in a couple of years we really have like the offensive production to like not worry yeah. about any hole we dig yeah, and you, just yeah, and having that one player that, yeah. that is get always going to get us there. I mean, you know, Lamarcus is is always solid, obviously, but Demar just like the one on one on one ability to create off of the dribble, off the dribble, and yeah. not not backing down straight on like, right straight onto a guy is just that's so just big. being it's, able to bring the ball up on the court and go straight into yeah. the move, yeah, yeah. and. And finish anywhere around the rim, left, right hand, left hand, mm-hmm. you know, straight on, reverse, hook. Pump fake. Uh, pump <laughs> Double <hit>. bump fake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, off balance, fade away, whatever. He's got he's got a lot of weapons, a lot of tools. Yeah, um, he honestly might be like... And he knows how to finish. He might be like the smoothest Spurs player. I mean, Manu, yeah. you could say he's smooth, but Manu had a lot of like r- rigidity to him. He yeah, was all he was, over the place sometimes. Yeah, he kind of flailed about. But DeMar but is just like his energy smooth. Was and like, yeah, absolutely. No, watching that game, I was just like, I, w- I kind of want to start calling him Iceman. Yeah. You know, because it would, it would work. I think it applies because, yeah, he's so smooth and he's just... He's a cold-hearted killer. Yeah, he's clutch. Yeah, he was really clutch in that Mavs game. I don't know. You think George Gervin would be okay with that? Um, if we brought Iceman back? Probably not. No, he's, no. He's, yeah, I, I, he's that's got kind some of, brand. That's kind of his uh, thing. You know, trademarks to that name. I'm sure. Iceman is a 2.0. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good. The bad. The ugly. So it's just a short disclaimer before I start pulling out a bunch of numbers out of the hat here. I, I really try not to look at, at the at the league wide like rankings and stats until at least a quarter through the season just because everybody tries really hard the first ten games of the year and then it's like once the standings are more in place, you know, those certain teams fall off and certain teams fall into place. So but it's fun to look at some stats that may last or may not last and to see whether or not we think we can, you know, keep going in the in the same category. So for the good, so far through the first seven games of the year, the Spurs are dead last in three point attempts in the in the league, only taking twenty two point three. But love that we are fifth in the league in three point percentage. So we're really taking you know quality threes, not forcing it because we just have so many options in the mid range or the low post. 
Yeah. Um, that and, we can and just knock them down, down when they're there for sure. Right. There's taking shots when they're open, but there's also knocking them down. When and I counts. feel like if we didn't have Marco this year, like that, like he just takes seven or eight on his own. Yeah. So it's like um, our average would be even more down if he wasn't here. For real. And he was so cold from in the game yesterday. Yeah. I know, but he's been just pretty oh, yeah. automatic to to, yeah. to start off. He's given us some solid play, and he's always got a green light, just right. like, just like you know Davis, and right? I guess Bryn if he's Bryn. open, yeah. Derek White when he plays, right? So this is probably a trend that I can honestly say will last this season. Pop has has joked and and been serious about how much he dislikes the three point shot. I mean, he obviously is an old fashioned guy, and but he really you know has has shown that a mid-range team can have success in this league, even though we're so obsessed with the three. I really think it'll show the league more that we can revert back to older times easier than we thought. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it, it brings a, an element of grit and excitement back to the game. You know, just watching that Celtics and Bucks game, we saw Boston take like five, five threes in a row and miss all Hero of them. ball. When they're up by two. Two, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. And yeah, they were wide open looks if they went down. Yeah, a course. couple of them were, yeah. But I mean, he's just giving them a chance to, you know, to get back in it. Yeah. There, I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's just not a lot of like finesse or effort that goes into just jacking up a three. Yeah, for sure. It's not very exciting. Funny enough, though, the Spurs actually right now do have the leading candidate for three point percentage in the league. <laughs> Rudy Gay oh. is leading the league in three point percentage. 64%, but, of course, Rudy he's only Gay. taken 14. Not that guy. <laughs> he's made nine. Yes, that guy. Oh, that guy. That guy. Oh, he's on, oh no, it's fine. He's on our team. Yeah, he's That's on okay. our team now. Good. Um, and also, fun fact, uh, always like seeing these on Basketball Reference. In the 2004-2005 season, when the Spurs won the third championship, 22.3, the number of three-pointers we're attempting in 2018 right now, that would have been good for second most taken in the league back then. In 2018, it's wow. dead last. Wow. And I'm sure you can take an educated guess on who's taking the most right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to? Yeah, go for it. Clay Thompson himself. No, no, just, the, the, just team. One claim, the team. Just one Clay Thompson. He's up there. Is it that team, though? No. It's oh. Not that team. oh, it's the Rockets. Duh. It's the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Rockets. So far, averaging 41 and a half attempts per game, which would have been almost twice the amount in 2004. <laughs> of the most that someone took back then. Get out of here. Pretty crazy how much the league's changed. I mean, look even at, back look then. Look what that's doing for the Rockets. Like the 2005 Spurs Pistons series, like, like two of the best defensive teams of all time. Like those games were ending like 75 to 70, 73 to 69, I think was the game seven finals. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's how much we score at halftime now. Yeah. <laughs> even more. Yeah. Yeah, way more, like 80s. <laughs> the Warriors put up 90, 91. 92, yeah, 92? in that Clay Thompson game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Just the other day. Just ridiculous. Even after a couple of days, it doesn't even seem that crazy that he did it. Just like something we can expect from Clay now. Yeah, no one was surprised. <laughs> All right, so the bad for the Spurs, obviously de- our defense overall has been pretty, pretty terrible, but the whole league is shifting towards offensive-centric right now. Um, and, of course, we know that defense has been something that the Spurs have been so prominent with over all these years. We're currently 18th in the league for opponents' points per game. That's about 113 we're allowing. And defensive rating, we're also 19th out of 30. Both of those were in the top five last year, despite not having Kawhi. But we lacked offense last year. So now it's Do you like... Think, like, that rating is just directly a result of DeJounte's 
Uh, no, not just Dezante. It's Gordy also because of Kyle. Oh, and that's true. Danny. Man, I keep forgetting about Kyle and those Danny guys. mostly. And then who else did we lose? Mon. I mean, Tony and Manu, not really <laughs> yeah. defensive stalwarts in their yeah. later game. Joffrey? Yeah. Oh, please don't mention that name anymore. <sighs> Deport all Joffreys. We're so bad <laughs> at that now. Mostly those two guys, though. Kyle and Dejounte yeah, yeah, I forgot and about Danny. I don't know how. Kyle was Kyle amazing Danny. on defense last year. Yeah, for sure. But now that we have an arsenal to like keep up in an actual shootout, it, it's a little bit of a complete toss-up from last year. because yeah. It's real exciting, I guess, just to have such a different outlook yeah, completely on, on how team. we need to win games now. Right. I mean, our pace is still 27th out of 30. That's pretty standard, you know, since we're running so much ISO. Yeah. I feel, I feel, sorry, I feel a lot more comfortable too, just like having defensive adjustments to make and tweaks because like that's stuff that, you know, our coaching staff is really good at. Right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to worry really hard about getting our, getting our defense together, you know, like having, you know, nothing to complain about for the most part on offense. Yeah. Is very comfortable. It's a good feeling. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good security blanket. But uh, our pace is really slow still, so I think like in years past, we really need to try to drag teams into our muddy game yeah. rather than trying to keep up with them. Yeah, in, um, our, in our pace. Yeah, I think we play a lot better when we slow things down yeah. a little bit. I mean, obviously we're we are good when we get things going in transition, but we're also I think we're hurt a lot more when teams get multiple baskets and yeah. you know in in uh, on the fast break and like right. you know in the in a matter of like thirty seconds or yeah. so. Yeah, that definitely kind gets of us out of that, that hurts us. Yeah, and, it, and you know, and that's the kind of thing that like kills a lead that yeah. we might have built up, right? Going into the fourth quarter or something. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me to the ugly part so far. The result of our terrible perimeter defense so far has been our opponents shooting thirty-eight percent from three so far. That is twenty-fifth out of thirty in the league. I feel like we did a pretty good job running opponents off the line against Dallas for the most part, but it was truly terrible in those two losses we had. They were just getting up so many threes, and yeah. we did not try to run them off and force them. And what was the difference between those teams? Elite guard play. Right. Yep. Those guys are, you know, the three guys that killed us, Dame, CJ, Oladipo. and Oladipo mm-hmm. are all-stars. Right. Yeah. And um, we're going to have to come up with an answer for that kind of thing. <laughs> At some or, point, you know, yeah. Some kind of strategy. And Indiana is actually like towards the bottom of the of the league in three point attempts as well. So like you mentioned, yeah, it's just whenever we're playing those all star guards, it's just when we're always gonna have trouble. It, it it'll probably be a pretty consistent trend, unfortunately. But till we get more healthy and at least get Derek White and Lonnie Walker back, which will be still a few weeks from now, you know, we're still gonna see our poor defense on the perimeter. But it feels good that you know we have the ability to overcome that, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's potential. Depending on who we're playing. Yeah, and I think, I think the game will slow down as the eagerness to perform kind of goes down over the year. So we'll see how that affects everybody. But I wanted to dive into this week's hold me back moment. It wasn't as uh, flashy as last time we talked about because we had an actual fight. But, yeah, but there's the, a lot of history to it. Yeah, but the Patrick Beverly versus Russell Westbrook feud has has been one of the better ones that we don't often talk about because russ generally regarded as one of the like nicer positive guys in the league even though he's so ferocious sometimes but yeah he's a different person on the court yeah and patrick beverly has his reputation of of being that pain in the backside that can really just frustrate anybody during any game i remember when tony parker got hurt a couple years ago and Dejounte had to come in 
Patrick Beverly was just taking so much advantage over the young guy. It's terrible to watch. <laughs> but I just wanted to go through the history of what happened so far with them. So in 2013, um, on the Rockets, Pat Beverly went at Russ's knee and he tore his meniscus. He was out for those playoffs, if you remember. OKC then lost to Memphis. Uh, and then Memphis played the Spurs, and we beat them, and then we went on to the finals. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all that happened that year. Yeah. Canceled it. Yeah. Game that's six, how it, ended. It, yeah. it rained out, and they, yep. just, they said we're not doing it. In March of 2014, Patrick Beverly took a swipe at, at Russ, and he hit back. Both players got texts, and then nothing happened for a couple years until last year, 2017. Houston and the Thunder were playing in that opening round series. And if you remember, they got in that scuffle where they, um, Patrick Beverly was almost suspended, I think, for a game because they had to get like the refs and separate them and there were people that were getting off the bench. And Russ also hit him, hit him in the family jewels during that game. So, you know, there was a lot of animosity between them. But now Beverly is on the Clippers who are, you know, that is such a Patrick Beverly team pretty, to be on. Yeah, he got he's part of the Chris Ball trade a couple of years ago. Yeah. But of course, like his whole career, he he treats it all like a, a motivational moment. So now that he's on the Clippers and you know, Chris Paul is technically viewed as the better player on, on the Rockets, he kinda takes that out when he's playing players like Russ, you know. He doesn't really have the skill or the talent to keep up with Russ, so what he does is try to affect him mentally, I'm guessing. And um that move the other night was not basketball related at all he was not going for the ball right he was definitely going for russ's knee diving at the knee pretty obvious again going at the same knee i mean after he already like ended it his the guy's season once yeah thought that would have been enough how do you get away with that again i'm not sure and uh they 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 just called a foul right he got a flagrant one flagrant so I'm guessing that comes with a, a fine, fine and maybe some other discipline. But, I mean, I thought he should have gotten suspended just because of their history. And it's not like Russ has been an innocent bystander or anything, but it just feels like Beverly has just been way more heated on his side. Yeah. And they even had to get, like, police on the court at at that game. During a timeout, Beverly was walking over there, John Adam and... NBA was definitely not trying to repeat what happened with the Lakers and the Rockets, so they went ahead and got the police in there, people who can actually <laughs> use their hands to separate people, and like the refs who just kind of <laughs> back off as soon as like that happens, because, you know, can't blame them. But yeah, Beverly's always been an interesting conversation. He's been a He's been a pain in the Spurs side for, for years and years, but I mean, for the most part, he's made a career out of being that pest yeah, and... That's his whole game. That's, that's what that's what a lot of guys do. There's so many guys like that around the league. People would consider yeah. Manu a, a kind of a guy like that because you hated playing against Manu because he exploited your weaknesses. And <laughs> that's yeah. what some of the really great role players do. And that's what Beverly is. So, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of mix of respect and disdain, but he does what he does. All right, let's get into the up and down. That's an up and down. Spurs ball. Welcome to Up and Down this week. My ups are going to be the Sacramento Kings. Surprise, surprise. A team that has been just the doormat of the Western Conference <laughs> for you know the better part of what? 15 years. Yeah, a decade and a half. They're, uh, they've got some things to, uh, to feel good about starting off this season. Just a great young core of players on that team. Marvin Bagley's fitting in pretty nicely. Starting off the season with... Uh, you know, 12 points a game, 7 rebounds, you know, an assist and a block every game. So he's playing well. 
that's you know that's that's a good start for a rookie. And they still got De'Aaron Fox balling out. Harry Giles looks great. Balling. Coming. Uh, oh, Harry Giles, I forgot about him. I know you. You always forget about him. Growing up, he was like the best player of his of his yeah. class, and then yeah. he had injury issues and he got slowed down. But now he's back. I think he's playing pretty well. Collie Stein. Yeah, they got Collie Stein. He's been killing it. Absolutely killing it. Uh, Justin Jackson, Buddy Heald, all these players that were you know top guys. Yeah, in their, they have a lot of in their one done classes picks, yeah. coming out. Yeah, I mean they just got ton of tons of draft picks. They got some more experienced guys like uh, Nemanja Bjelica. He's kind of been leading the way for them so far. All star. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh yeah. Zach Randolph. He's still there. He's still there. Kicking it. I don't know if how much he's playing. <laughs> Iman Shumpert. Oh my gosh. He's played in some finals. So <laughs> he's got experience. That's he's true. got some rings. He's got a ring. A ring. <laughs> They're six and three now, which is pretty impressive. Their only losses have been to the Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Nuggets. All oh. three are playoff favorites in yeah. the West. So you know, can't really hold that against him. You know. But that being said, they're only two and three against teams from the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, other than the Suns, there really are no cakewalk games in the West. Yeah, yeah, no cupcakes, none. So the Kings are looking pretty good. We're we'll gonna see have to, how long we're, we're gonna have to see uh, what you know what they what they do against real Western Conference teams. It could be so the, far, uh, you know, we, haven't, Magic. we haven't seen too much. Last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they started off like five and zero. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're looking forward to those Eastern Conference teams on their on their yeah. on their schedule. They've been playing well against them so far. So let's see what they do. You know, we're early in the season. We've only got a little bit of information. But six and three, I mean, they only won twenty one games last year, so that's Yeah. That's I mean, you that's never huge. know though. You never know. Yeah, but <laughs> they could lose a ton of games. <laughs> they gotta be feeling pretty good about themselves yeah, right now sure. though. You know, and there's as long as they stay healthy, they got a lot of guys to go to, so they they have no issues. They with, have been, uh, you know, picking early in the first round for a long time. So yeah, exactly. Uh, my other up, you know, it's a little less uh, exciting after the game we just watched with the Celtics, but the Bucks are definitely just playing solid basketball. They're seven and one now. They were undefeated until tonight. I hadn't even noticed really that they, that they were playing so well. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm yeah. yeah, but I'm also not surprised by that at all because you just expect that team to be good. They got a lot of guys, and Giannis is just such a competitor that winning a game over them on any given night is a difficult task for sure. Giannis has obviously he's just he's a freak. That's his nickname, but he's got some you know a really interesting stat line going so far in this this season: 25 points a game, 14 rebounds, nearly six assists, and almost two blocks game so he's like really well-rounded i i was you know i was going to ask you I, do you think he's the only guy or the closest guy in the league right now that that could possibly average a triple double in a season other than russ uh, i'm just trying to embrace debate here yeah probably i mean i don't think anybody else yeah i mean maybe lebron but yeah lebron he yeah. doesn't necessarily rebound crazy every night yeah that's a good point. He's he's a little lacking in the rebounds. And that's usually for that stat line, it's the rebounds that, you know, you have to work for. Right. That's always the thing that like Russ was on the on the cusp mm-hmm. is is getting those rebounds. Snag those rebounds. Giannis has no issues with that. Yeah, none. He's almost averaging fifty. They want to get the ball in his hands right away anyway, so Yeah. So I mean if he was, you know, gonna go for that, he'd have to dish the ball a little more, but that could also help. He his, that could also care. help his team. Yeah, I mean, he's not looking for for stats. That guy's such a competitor. He's yeah. he's one of those dudes that only cares about wins. Right. Um, he's got some good guys around him, honestly. Yeah, that was another Let's thing. See how far they can say. take him, but they've got some great role players that are like really taking their their minutes and 
And uh, turning new, it into good contributions. The new for coach Budenholzer is yeah. from the Spurs family tree. That's right. So you know, he always incorporates like any great Spurs coach. You know, ball movement, body movement. Yep. You know, getting the best available shots. So like players like Middleton and Tony Snell and all these guys, Thon Maker, Brooke Lopez, like yeah, all these guys are just going to flourish in that system because it's going to open it up for Giannis. And, yeah, and they acquired Ilyasova. Oh there. yeah. Over the offseason, and they drafted One of Chandler's guys. Drafted Dante Divincenzo. Oh, I He's been, him, dude. I know. Yeah, they got, got they snagged pick, they yeah. snagged him one pick before us. I know. Yeah, he's he's had some good contributions. I think he's averaging like eight points a game, which is which is pretty good for a rookie that's coming off the bench. Yeah, the Bucks are another one of those Eastern teams to watch out for. I mean, I honestly just have no idea right now, like what what who the favorite is. There's about four teams that could really. I think right now it's, take it all. It's Toronto. Um, you think it's Toronto? I just think they look unstoppable. Their defense is just way too stout for them to. That's true. To I guess I guess the East hasn't really series. seen a team play defense like this in a yeah. little while. And uh, Boston's going to get better. And I just really want to see Milwaukee actually win a series for once. Yeah, for sure. They deserve it. For a small market like them, like Giannis has been the biggest star they've had. Like He basically created enough revenue for them to build this new giant arena, which is what they were hoping wow. would be part of what won, the mo- won him over. Yeah, it's amazing. And he's been, you know, he's said, like a lot of stars, hey. that he wants to stay there. If any year, this might be might be a good year for Milwaukee. They've had a good yeah, year. If baseball, they can just the Brewers win, yeah, really that's far. true. If they can just win one series this year, like I think that will be enough for Giannis yeah. to stay. Yeah, honestly. depends who they get in the first round, I guess. That's true. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's right now. It's everyone's talking about the Celtics and the Raptors in the East, and like which team's better. Sixers. Yeah, we'll see. I'm still, jury's I'm still, still out. Jur- yeah, I still think the jury's out on the Sixers. They're lacking one piece. Yeah, they're kind they of, don't have, kind they of don't manic. have shooting really. Yeah, they're like they're hot and cold. I don't yeah. know. I, I still, I mean, I'm, you know, still think the Pacers are a huge yeah, sleeper in the East right I now. I agree. They're, they're a, sleep, a sleeping giant, and they just they spread the ball around so well. Like every game, they've got seven plus players with twenty plus minutes, and. Mm-hmm. You know, seven players or more in, Man, in double, double figures. Freaking great in that game against Spurs. Yeah, Kojo looked very comfortable. It's pretty cool seeing the East actually be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now that that Mr. LeBron guy is gone. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the, once the scales didn't cancel it. Seem, ba- seem balanced. Somehow, I thought I, I thought it would just tip the scales, but actually taking in a, makes it more an amazing player and putting him in the better conference makes the the better conference just a little more even. Right. I think the term for that is apex predator, believe it or not, in some ecology terms. But anyway, go ahead with your down segment, Derek. Yeah. Well, I have, I, I've got my honorable mention for the ups. Derek Rose coming back, putting on, oh, he's turning the clock back to 2011, wearing, wearing 2011 Derek Rose as his Halloween costume this year. Yeah, Drop, I mean, dropping fifty. He saw the old Timberwolves jerseys and he was like, "Oh, it's 2011." So yeah, dude, those look, go. they look, they look great. They with look the Nike really on cool. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like the modern take on it. Yeah, yeah the modern like print. The, yeah, and like the, the the leg tights and stuff. That, mm-hmm. Right. I guess he wore those back then though. Yeah, he, he did, was he was kind of one of the first guys. He's to always the, had to wear the lot leg, of the leg tights. Leg issues because of how physical he plays. Yeah, cover up all those knee scars. That too. I don't know. Maybe he should. Maybe he should wear them out because you know Halloween. It's like scare the opponents. I don't know. All right, who's on the decline? So on the down this week, we got the Phoenix Suns. Oh. They, they could pretty much be on there every week. It's just that I had not watched a single game of theirs probably in a year and a half until the game that we played yesterday. Really just kind of showed them 
the beans. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan <laughs> gave him the beans. He's got the beans. All right. Yep. Yep. Cool the beans yep, talk yep, there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool beans? Okay. Um, yeah, so people thought the Suns might be looking up with uh, Booker and Aiton getting together, but... Uh, Aiton's n- got a long no. way to go. Whoever said that, shame on you. We didn't get their best because Booker was out. You know, they're missing 28 points a game and five rebounds, seven assists. So that's that's a lot to to be playing without. He's out with the hamstring, likely back on Friday. So, you know, they had Aiton. He looks raw. He's raw and emotional, which is to be expected from a guy that young. Um, he was having trouble finishing around the rim. He had LaMarcus and Powell in his face all night. So can't really blame the the young guy for getting bodied by a couple of veterans. The Phoenix are wor- uh, the Suns. I mean, are working in a couple new guys into the team: Ariza and Ryan Anderson from the the Houston Rockets trade. So you know, maybe they they they'll uh, shape up a little bit in the next few weeks. They've got kind of a tough schedule coming up. Their next like four games, they're one and six now, and they got the Raptors. I think for them, every game is a tough game. That's true. They have some Eastern, like some of the best Eastern Conference teams coming at them soon. Um, Raptors, Grizzlies, and Nets. Between that and then the Celtics. Yeah, let's go ahead and say they're decline every week. Yeah, let's just we can put the Dun chain on the on the Suns <laughs> if you want. No, be careful. Too soon. Be careful. I mean, I'll cease and desist. I'll bet a peak. I'll bet Pinky if I have to. <laughs> All right, my other down. This one's not as obvious because they've uh, actually. Oh, what do you mean it's not as obvious? Well, it is, it is now. Very it, obvious. it is right now, but I mean, uh, it, if you've been listening to the show, <laughs> it's obvious they're trash. Those what? are day one fans out there. I don't listen to this show. Just kidding. Huh. Wow. No, it's hurtful. No, I do, you guys. That hurts. I promise. I promise. I promise. I listen every single time. All right. <laughs> Don't give it away. No, no, no. What what I meant is that you know in the past well, this is a this is a playoff team that that's like had some success not in the playoffs, but uh, at least getting in the conversation there. It's the Washington Wizards. They're sitting at one and six right now. Not looking great. Uh, their only win is over Portland. Yeah, they snuck. Which that is one. weird. It was an overtime. It was a one point win in overtime, so we can call that one a fluke. They've lost three in a row. Those three were the Kings, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies. So and the Clippers beat them by 32. There you go. About about says it. I'm gonna say that they should start winning a couple because the East is is basura, and they've got the Knicks, the Magic, and the Heat, and the oh, and the Cavaliers coming up. So they should they should win a couple of those to at least get you know some momentum building up with Dwight Howard coming back this Friday. But if they don't. Somebody's getting fired. Somebody's getting traded. They're gonna have to blow it up. And I think maybe you already talked about that, or you have you have some more stuff coming up about, about yeah about the I, Wizards. I just think they their, should have uh, blown this team up two years ago yeah. already. They put way too much money into three players. I mean, they're allowing the most points per game in the league. Otto Porter making a hundred million, and why like, he's never averaged over thirteen points a game. Obviously, Walls on the super max. Bradley Beal has a near max contract. And the craziest thing is that after this year, they have six free agents on their roster. That's half an NBA roster. So Oof. effectively, it's going to be blown up after this summer. And if the Wizards have any possible management staff left in, in, in the D.C. area, they need to start fielding trades like two years ago. They should have done it already. Yeah. Bradley Beal should have been moved this offseason. An amateur like me knows that. What are these people in the front office doing? Like It was so clear on the wall. I don't know. They've just been yeah. 
they just been dragging that franchise to the mud the last no five doubt. years. Yeah, well, they you know, and they made the blockbuster trade this uh, this off season to get Superman himself. So I mean, you know, they're one in six right now, but uh, Dwight Howard, he's coming back tomorrow, Friday, against the Thunder. He's coming back from a strained butt, but buttock, buttock, glute, gluteus maximus. That's one in seven and coming for the Wizards. Uh, I mean, I don't know, dude. You know, careful with your takes here. You don't want to end up on a on a segment of uh, that takes me back. I'll be fine. Because I mean, what you know, Dwight Howard, savior. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to end up on that segment. I know. But we're going to have to see what happens. I know. So I have one honorable mention for uh, the Downs, and that's going to be the Houston Rockets that are now 1-5, and they suck, and I did no research because I don't care, and their record sucks. Well, they suck. It's really funny. Obviously. Anyway. All right, last but not least, let's get into the superlatives real quick. Um, as Roger mentioned, the feel-good story of the year so far absolutely has to be Derrick Rose's 50-burger last night versus the Utah Jazz. He had 19, made 19 shots on 31 attempts. You know, I just think it's such a great story because Derrick Rose was just one of the most likable guys came into the league, yeah. youngest player to ever win MVP. Like that Chicago team had so much potential if he could have stayed healthy and Tibbs didn't play everyone 46 minutes a night. But <laughs> amongst the drama in Minnesota and, you know, just the fact that he could actually have the opportunity to make an impact and, and really be a guy who can score and run the offense still. And beating a really good team in Utah. You know, Utah's defense is no joke with Gobert. And just to see the outpour of, of love and respect that all the players around the league all tweeted and posted on Instagram after that game was just was just amazing to see how much he has impacted players, young and old, and, and how much that people still root for him. And I don't think he forgot, you know, that last year when he was on the Cavs and that team looked really good, and then they blew it up. They traded him to Utah, where he got cut immediately, and mm-hmm. then waited, had to wait a month or two before he even got signed by the Timberwolves. So, you know, he definitely used that as some motivation last night playing Utah. The fact that he he was so locked in and had the game ceiling block. Um, yeah, he did everything. He did everything last night. Great to see that the NBA can have such rich redemption stories, even after all these years. And in the spirit of Halloween, I wanted to ask your opinion on some of the Halloween costumes you saw on social media the last yeah, couple of days. There were some really good ones. Um, I think far and away the best one was was Mo Harkless dressed up as Tyrone Biggums from the Chappelle Show. Um, oh yeah, he just he had the you know the fake crack powder <laughs> on him and he was itching and stuff. It was just in the beanie. It was in the beanie. He just looked so. It looked like it had taken a while and it just he put a lot of effort. And all these people obviously have. I, Designers I love, they pay and stuff. I love the the NBA Halloween costumes because they're like so well done. I know, and they're so they just, like they have the time and yeah, the resources. Of course, it's so great. Clay Thompson as Jackie Moon um, was a great one, and it was so relevant because he said himself he felt like Jackie Moon uh, wearing that headband he wore after dropping fifty two points in twenty seven minutes. Like we mentioned, breaking the three point record, most threes in a game. It kind of shows how crazy the NBA is that like this wasn't like our main story or anything because like I mentioned it's just it's not that surprising that he broke it. It's obviously held by Steph Curry, so at some point you'd expect him to break his own record. And then now Curry and Clay are just going to go back and forth breaking it yeah. for the rest of their days. Yep. Going to be like 19 at the end of it. And just the fact point. that they that they're both on that team, they can right. like push each other to do it. 
Yeah, and they're rooting for each other and everything. Yeah, yeah, they're just going to make it, you know, probably be better than if they were by themselves. Right. Uh, some honorable mentions. Victor Oladipo again, dressed up as Black Panther. Always a great one. Uh, he wore that one at the dunk contest last year. Really looked great in that costume. He know, does. Real he tight. Does real tight. Showed off all the all the Oladipis in there. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, oh. just get my, my Doris right. Burke on over here. All I had right. too much Chardonnay um, at halftime. <laughs> speaking of Chardonnay, uh, LeBron James oh, I didn't dressed know. up oh. as Jason Voorhees from oh. the uh, uh, Friday the 13th franchise. That was, Utterly terrifying. Yeah, it was truly disturbing. 6'8", 260-pound man chasing you just, with a hammer. Yeah, I mean, just like it, if Le- in that flannel, like the, the, yeah, the, the size of his chest shoulders. his shoulders is just I mean, imposing. LeBron wants to, like, you know, he's already broken into the film industry, but he's he's not a terrible actor, but he's not a good actor. So maybe he should play Jason. Maybe, you know, yeah, he could do it. Or, or at who least, would be more terrifying? At least some kind of he horror thriller movie. He never had to take movie. off the mask anything right like uh, maybe not um fanboy of the year so far goes to our, our uh rookie potential rookie of the year luka Doncic. he waited in the hallway after the mavs played the lakers to receive a lebron james signed jersey um he's who still, like he's, he's still he like didn't even like hand it to him he got some guy to hand it to him which i thought was funny but um in the video don chick like was just smiling he looked like a kid again and he's still got a baby face, so it's, yeah, it's, I think he kind of is. And a that's kid his idol, you know. He's the kid's nineteen, and yeah. like us, LeBron was in the league when we were kids, so a huge influence. And real quick, the new Nike City Edition jerseys, the alternate jerseys, have been coming out, and some of them have been so awesome. Um, the Minnesota Purple Rain jersey they're releasing in honor of Prince. Super cool. Super awesome. Yep. Um, and the KG era throwbacks we were talking about were, were also dope. We made, endorse those on made, Take It or Leave It. Yeah, inspired Derek Rose to think he was in 2011. Obviously, Miami with the Vice jerseys make you want to like go drink tequila and go out to the club. And then the Denver rainbow jerseys with the skyline over the middle. Mm-hmm. Those ones are awesome. Uh, the Brooklyn jerseys with the rainbow trim. Oh, man, they're all just so nice. And then... You know, speaking of all these like rainbow colors, there's like a city where like those colors dominate, and there's like a huge festival that happens every year with yeah, these colors, and, like, and has a history, and, and happens to go on when the Spurs are playing. You know, it's like well, you gonna, yeah. So yeah. like obviously we have some awesome fiesta some uniforms, white, right? Yeah, you think so, right? Yeah, no. Oh no, no, we're sticking with the camel. Oh yeah, just the, still going with just the camel. The, the the light white or camo white does. camo, the white and the gray camo. Ooh. Wow, that's loud. Yeah. Got to be careful. Very, uh, uh, little, uh, uh, crossing the line there. Ooh. And a little close. Watch out. And a little frisky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God forbid we'd have some jerseys that represent our city. Right. City edition. I just love that pastel, that pastel blue of the, of the Fiesta color. It's just I know. Really nice just, accent. It's just and the orange and the pink. It doesn't have to be a full-on Fiesta it doesn't color. Have, it just, just needs just to trims. be a trim. Yeah. It needs to just be like... San Antonio's got a decent skyline, too. Oh, shout out yeah. to DeMar's Fiesta Kicks. Did they yeah. Those were awesome. uh, he just yeah. got here, and he's doing more exactly. Fiesta stuff than the anybody. The Fiesta Kicks are amazing. Those are awesome. And he's the only one doing it. Well, speaking of kicks, we're going to kick it to the quiz real quick here yeah. by me, then. Running uh, the time up, so we got to get going. Yeah, those of you who've been following the pod for a while will know that the uh, Cannon Creek Nate Dogs hoisted the trophy last uh, last season. Now they've relocated to West Campus, bigger market, you know, <laughs> <laughs> newer apartment, more parking. Um, so, you know, we're wondering if the Rosedale fighting Rogers will come back, you know. Uh, will there be a hoistening of the trophy by the Nate Dogs or perhaps a moistening of the tear ducts by the Nate Dogs fans? 
Who knows? Anyway, for our first question here, we're going to throw it to Roger. He lost, so he gets to have his first run of the categories. I think that's fair. Right? First quiz. Let's get it. Let's go. All right, so it's over the New Orleans Pelicans, of course, who we're facing coming up soon here, ahead of that back-to-back this weekend. Your categories are Viva Nola, Oh, How I'd Like to Be in That Number, The French Quarterfinals, and Whelan and A. Dillon. I will take Oh, How I Would Like to Be in That Number. On opening night of the Pelicans' first season in New Orleans, the newly relocated Pelicans played the Utah Jazz, who used to be New Orleans Jazz, you know, used to be the New Orleans team. To honor Pistol Pete's contributions to Louisiana basketball, the Pelicans retired his number seven jersey, despite the fact that Maravich had never played for the franchise. The only other NBA player to have their jersey retired by a franchise they never played for is A, Michael Jordan, B, Bobby Phils, C, Oscar Robertson, or D, Nate Archibald. And now, qualifiers on this question, Roger, doesn't count if you came back as a head coach or a broadcaster, and you got it, it has to be for your accomplishments as a player on that team. Okay. And uh, older versions and incarnations of the franchise that got relocated, they also count. This is for truly, I've never played for this franchise under any name. Am I allowed to tell them you that? Know. Um, yeah. Charlotte. You know Bobby Phils Played for Charlotte. You know, do you even know that name? When they were the Bobcats. Okay. <laughs> like, it could obviously be that one. I, ooh, I'm just going to go with Oscar Robertson, final answer. That is incorrect. It's actually Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> he is jersey, his number 23 jersey uh, has been retired by the Heat generally so, for his contributions to the game of basketball. It was so obvious. That's why LeBron can wear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Damn. I thought you would get that, Roger. Anyway. I just didn't want, I didn't Rare misstep for the, for the. I'm the fighting crazy Rogers of Alan, Alan Rosedale here. He's switching our name. Yeah, <laughs> there's always a fighting crazy whatever. I don't know. Okay, Nate, your categories are Viva Nola, the French quarterfinals, and Whelan and A. Dillon. Let's go Whelan and A. Dillon. After an abysmal 21-45 record in the shortened 2011-2012 lockout season, the Pelicans drafted total beast Anthony Davis with the first overall draft pick. Due to the Chris Paul trade with the Clippers, the Pelicans also had the 10th overall pick, which they used to draft which player? A. Darius Miller, B. Austin Rivers, C. Nerlens Noel, or D. Quincy Pondexter? And this was 2011? Yes. Nerlens, Darius, and who? Austin Rivers. Um, I'm going to go Quincy Pondexter. That is incorrect. <sighs> he was the uh, 2010 draft pick for them. Is <sighs> Nerlens Noel? Nope, it's Austin nope. Rivers. Austin oh, Rivers. Who is Alex now Wins. on the Clippers, no, and he's the no, only he's NBA He's on the Wizards now. Oh, yeah, he got traded. Austin Rivers already? Yeah. yeah he got oh, traded in the he got traded in the offseason. Oh, okay. Well, he was the only NBA player to ever play for his father on the same team because, of course, yeah. Doc right. Rivers is the coach. But I didn't know the Pelicans even drafted him. Zero, zero. Well, I guess wow. they weren't the Pelicans back Some then. missteps for both teams in the franchise relocation. Oh. Who would have thought? Oh. New market, you know? Got some jitters out. Roger, your chance to possibly send us to tiebreaker or seal it. Your Shaking categories the rust. are Viva Nola and the French quarterfinals. All right. I'm going to go with... Viva Nola. New Spur Dante Cunningham is a noted ex-Pelican and even started for them at small forward during the 2015 season. Before entering the NBA, Cunningham led the 2009 Villanova Wildcats to their first Final Four appearance since 1985. All of the following teams appeared in that Final Four, except Ugh. A. Michigan State, B. Connecticut, C. Louisville, or D. North Carolina. 2015? Uh, that was 2009 Final oh, Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> 
Gosh, that was a long time ago. You remember that year? That was a good year, though. That was when uh, Blake Griffin balled out for Oklahoma. Come on, you were alive during 2009. Villanova. Do you want to know your your, quest, your answers? Because Villanova, I already said, were there. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting at. Michigan State is A, B, oh, Connecticut, C, Louisville, or D, North Carolina. Michigan State was really good then. Louisville, North Carolina. 30 seconds on the clock, Roger. That's a long time. UConn. It's Roger. Give him time. Approximately two hours later. <laughs> Michigan State, UConn, Louisville, North Carolina. Let's go with Louisville. That is correct. Oh, my god! Way gosh. to go, Roger. Louisville was uh, beat in the, Total guess. In the regional finals face. by Michigan State the round before. So, yeah. way to go. 1-0. Oh, I knew it. All right, who, who, Nate, won it? who won it that year? Uh, I believe that was Michigan State overall won it oh. in the end. Anyway, your question here. For the L, or the, possibly the tiebreaker, which is a guaranteed W, um, <laughs> Whelan and A. Dillon. Wait, I already asked for that. Oh, I'm sorry. No belief. No belief. <laughs> the French quarterfinals. The Spurs have only met the Pelicans once in the playoffs, where they prevented the then New Orleans Hornets from reaching the 2007-2008 Western Conference Finals. Aside from last year's 4-0 dumpstering of the Portland Trailblazers, this playoff run also included the Pelicans' only other postseason win. Which team did the Pelicans beat in the first round? A. The Denver Nuggets B. The Dallas Mavericks C. The Suns or D. The Houston Rockets 2008 played the Lakers conference finals so who did they beat in the series before yes who did they beat in the first round the pelicans um nuggets mavs suns or rockets can they eliminate the mavs um actually i don't know that's a tough one see we never remember first rounds down the line you do if you're a pelicans fan it's your only postseason win sure <laughs> aside from dumpstering the blazers you know what? yeah I'm we're, gonna spo- s- we're spoiled i'm gonna we're, say the mavs that is correct. We oh, will go to the no. tiebreaker. Yes. <laughs> All right. You gotta be kidding me. Well, we are in the tiebreaker. What a, man, this is a really exciting first week of the quiz season, I gotta say. This is how every quiz goes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Roger. It's your fault for not knowing that dang old, um, what am I calling it here? The first one that you got wrong. It's your fault for not knowing more about basketball. Anyway. <clears throat> Literally Michael Jordan. The, <laughs> the tiebreaker <clears throat> question. So the starting lineup for the Pelicans the first game of this season was Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Nikola Mirotic, Etwan Moore, and Alfred Payton. The sum of all of those players' jersey numbers is what? this. What? You know all those players' jerseys, right? What? <laughs> do you guys need pen and paper for this? I, I guess we do, right? Okay, that's, I'm that's distributing this, the answer seat. That's how this usually works. The sum of their jersey numbers? Yeah. You use my phone as a calculator? Uh, I can't use it as a calculator? Uh, well, I don't think I'll allow it. Give me your phone, then. Uh, or something. Please. Oh, you want me? Okay. Yeah, fine. you can do it on the phone. God damn it. It's adding a bunch of Atmos two-digit numbers. Long edition. <laughs> Here we go. Cover your answer sheet, buddy. Third grade. Roger, if you need to go over there to do your I haven't written anything yet. <laughs> Nicolo Meritage. I'm not going to do any math here. Yes, I will tell you the players. It's just going to be off the dome. True Pelicans fans know this, know this one by heart. Dang it. I don't I don't know what, what Peyton and that other guy wear. I don't know either. Just a complete guess, honestly, on a couple of them. I know what number AD wears. That's it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the ballots are in. 
Uh, count along with me at home for those of you who have the abacuses out while you're listening to Take It or Leave It. It's, an, it's suggested equipment for the podcast. Anthony Davis, of course, wears 23. We all know that, right? Yep. Drew Holiday, any guesses? 11. 11. Oh, shit, I got that one. Miritich? 30. 3. 33. He just wears 3. Just 3? Oh, God. It's, oh, o- it's over. It's over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Etwan Moore wears 55. Oh, that, no. You knew that one? Yeah. Oh, no. And Alfred Payton that helps. is... Four. That will come to 96, which means Roger's answer of 82 is correct. Way Ooh. to go, Roger. All right. Squeaking one in overtime. Not even very close. Yeah, I thought Miritich was 34. Ooh, interesting. He I just, knew there yeah, was a I three. Thirty. Yeah, it was Miritich's three. So, wow, way to go. And then I did not, more I was not expecting that. Yeah, that 55. That was interesting. I thought Peyton wore single digits. But that's, a fun, that's a fun tiebreaker. I want to bring that back <laughs> just because I love watching one. you guys squirm. But, hey, good quiz this week. These are some tough yeah. questions here. Good quiz. Anyway, well, Roger, congratulations on going up 1-0 over the fighting crazy, crazy fighting Nate Dogs on West Campus. I always get I always get one tiebreaker early in the season and then I have a streak. Good start to the season. Well, let's streak. just say he yeah. gave him quite a scare. <laughs> a little late for that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> guys, we got yesterday? one heck of a back-to-back count this weekend. There's a there's a decent chance that you guys may be hearing this on Friday, which would be wow, hot off the presses. But who knows? You know, that's that's multiple choice. You those of you in the future who are listening will know the answer to this question. But wow, you know, wait for it. Anyway, uh, coming up next week, uh, more spicy Lakers takes for number one Lakers fan Roger Craigcroft, <laughs> also <time>. quiz champion. <laughs> How do we make this end? <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of ending, uh, that's the end of the episode for the week, so we'll see you next week. With more Lakers takes from Roger. Oh, my God. Season 3 of Take It or Leave It is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. Hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Produced by Chandler Holloway. Featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Cassetti. The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash chandyglobal. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash take it or leave it 512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at Tioli512. That's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy. Plenty of great tweets. I'd give him a follow. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.